Thank you very much indeed to the band for that lovely message. Um, if you're a regular worshipper here at the rink, you will know that we have, we've been following a series, in fact we conclude it today, called Espresso Yourselves. We um, have recently had our cafe renewed and amongst uh, all the things we've had sorted out in there is we have a new espresso machine so we can serve real strong, serious coffee now in our cafe. And that's just given a little bit of um, a kind of an idea that maybe with a play on words we can think about how as Christians we need to express ourselves that we meet here together this morning, not just for our own benefit, but having received all that God wants to give to us, we then are commanded to go and share our faith, to express our faith. But the problem is some, some of us don't know how to do that. Sometimes we express ourselves badly. Sometimes we express ourselves very positively. And this morning I want us to think about enthusiasm. So my first question to you this morning, do you have enthusiasm? Okay. I know some of you do but I have been purposely avoiding anyone with any Australian blood in them this morning. <laughs> but whatever our situation, whether our team won yesterday or lost, or what, however we are journeying in our life, I hope we've got a bit of enthusiasm because that's what we've got to be thinking about this morning. Before we do that, we're going to have um, a Bible reading from Philippians chapter 1. Um, and incidentally, uh, after this morning's meeting, um, as well as the normal tea and coffee we serve, to celebrate the end of this series, we're going to serve some real espresso coffee. So if you like cappuccinos and lattes and would prefer one of those, then one will be available. Um, so for some of you, you'll have the chance to meet our cafe supervisor, um, Abdul. And he's, uh, when he heard what was going on, he volunteered to come in today to leave his wife and little baby boy behind Adam and come in voluntarily today to serve us some real coffee. So when you see Abdul as well as saying hello to him, I do say thank you for him to come in and, and, and making that uh, wonderful coffee for us this morning. But before that, I want to read some real, real caffeinated verses that Paul has given to us here in these opening verses in Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God every time I remember you in all my prayers and for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Be in confidence of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of and praise of God. Amen. That's so great words, aren't they? And we'll come back and pick up one or two of those words in a few moments. Uh, I did look up a few definitions for the word enthusiasm, and one is the 
quote you've already had a little glimpse of from Henry Ford. And he says, enthusiasm is the yeast that makes your hope rise to the stars. Or do you like this quotation from someone else? Enthusiasm is the sparkle in your eyes and the swing in your gait. Or what about this? Years may wrinkle the skin, but the absence of enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. Good. This is my favourite one coming up. People who never get carried away should be. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? Did you know, actually, enthusiasm is not just a word of this world. You know, you get enthusiastic when your team wins. But enthusiasm is actually a God word. In fact, God is in the word enthusiasm. Two Greek words are at the centre of the word enthusiasm. Entheos. Entheos, which simply means in God. Theos, theo, theology. Of course, the study of God. Theo, in God. So enthusiasm, actually, is all about being in God. If I am enthusiastic, then my enthusiasm comes from that relationship with being in God. Entheoism, to be in God, to be in God and to allow God to be in me so that the enthusiasm is not actually dependent upon my team winning, which is just as well for all old and athletic supporters. But my enthusiasm rather depends upon my position in Christ Jesus. And this morning, I want us to think about this kind of enthusiasm, not as the world defines it, but as God would have it, about us being right with God, and more about us receiving God in such a way that we can be enthused, we can be caffeinated and share our faith in appropriate ways. We're going to see that enthusiasm is not the same as emotion. We can all be emotional, and this is where, you know, for example, your, your sports team winning. You can get emotional with it and, as a result, become enthusiastic. But actually, enthusiasm, being in God, is not dependent upon emotions alone. But rather, enthusiasm is more about being relational. It's about being intentional. It's about being more focused and purposeful and direct. Enthusiasm, as we will see in a moment, is a is a powerful, caffeinated God thing that is worth striving for. Espresso and enthusiasm are good bedfellows, actually. They go really well together. And for all you uh, tea drinkers out there who must feel very neglected through this series, let me tell you that there is a lot of enthusiasm amongst coffee drinkers. Coffee drinkers swear by the certain beans that they buy and how it is... Uh, crushed up and how it is produced. There's even, even, would you believe, competitions for baristas who can make the best coffee. It's a serious thing. Uh, it's a science. It's often a talking point amongst enthusiastic espresso makers. Actually, the interesting um, thing about espresso is the history of it. I don't know if you know how cappuccinos and lattes all came about and espresso in particular, it was, there was an Italian guy, well it had to be an Italian guy, hadn't it? It was an Italian guy called uh, Lugi Bazira, who owned a manufacturing plant in Milan, and in 1901 he was concerned that they were having long breaks for their drinks, 
And so he devised a coffee, which was a short coffee, which would do two things, cut down the time they had their breaks. And secondly, it had so much caffeine in it, in it that after the breaks, they'd get up and work even harder. And so espresso was made. I can tell that story was a life-changing one for you. But I want to talk about true espresso, and I want to talk about what makes up that powerful drink called espresso. First of all, we have the heart, the heart of espresso. It's that bit at the very bottom of the drink, which is called the heart. It's a, it's a strong part of the drink. That's where the real kick comes from. If you were to just drink the bottom bits without the rest of it, you really would know you're having a, a, a strong drink of coffee. That's the real heart of it. The middle bit, which uh, if you could see the screen better, it's a very caramelly kind of pretty part of the drink, is actually called the body of the coffee. And finally, the really nice glowy bit at the top is called the crema. The heart, the body, and the crema, it's what makes up a cup of cappuccino. And of course, enthusiasm that we're talking about this morning does start from the heart. It's, it's about being in God. It's about God being inwards. It's an inward deal. The moment we become followers of Christ, the moment we ask Jesus Christ to take over our lives, what happens? We become right with God. God becomes right with us. Throughout this series, I've been using some pieces of wood which someone kindly made for me just because I wanted to illustrate what happens when we become Christians. It's a vertical thing that happens. We become right with God. And, uh, hey, hey, whoa, that's better. Uh, if I put it that way up, I'll be able to stand it up for you. It becomes this vertical thing where we receive from God His power and His grace and His love, and we become, you know, if you like, caffeinated to keep using that analogy, and so that we are right, upright with God. And that's what we strive to be as Christians, to be upright, upstanding Christians, but receiving that power from God. Of course, the, the, the old illustration about being in the vine um, is, is about this, isn't it? When we are connected to the source of where the fruit receives its energy, then we are connected as we ought to be. And this is what we need to be at the heart of our relationship with God. We need to be in God. We need to be connected vertically with God. And of course, what happens when that happens, then we're able to, to be enthusiastic. Then we're able to caffeinate with our, um, with our Christianity. We're able to be Christians who can truly express their the, the faith. Because when that happens, a horizontal thing happens. Not just a vertical thing, but we horizontally become right with God so that we can reach out. And of course, that is the reason, of course, why Jesus died for us. So that not only would we become connected with him, but that we'd be able to reach out and connect with others as we enthuse with our faith and as we connect with those around us. Christians, you know, should be amongst the most enthusiastic of all people, shouldn't we? Because we've received so much, and we've been thinking about that this morning, haven't we? We've, we've seen an amazing grace. My chains have fallen off. It's all because of our connection with God. And because that has happened, we can't help but be enthusiastic. 
And the danger is, if we're not careful, a bit like cap cappuccino and espresso, it can very soon become stale and even become bitter. It's very easy for us as we go on our journey through life that we fail to bow the knee, we fail to keep that connection there, and as a result, we fail to be enthusiastic in our faith. Further than that, there are some things that can dilute our enthusiasm. And the first of those things is worry. Worry can be at the heart of diluting that enthusiasm we have for God. We all know what it is like to worry. And how many of us here this morning have actually ended up worrying about something that never ever happened? It happens to most of us, doesn't it? Not all the time, but very often, we worry about these things, we freak about things which actually never come to very much in the end. But what happens during that time, all our enthusiasm gets sucked out of us. We become a fraction of what we ought to be. Jesus had this to say about worry in Matthew 6:27: Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And if we are into God, if we're into worshiping, worshiping God, if we are, are bowing the knee to him, we, then we will become enthusiastic. So we need to ensure that worry doesn't eat away at that enthusiasm. The second enthusiasm diluter is stress. Stress, according to a recent article I read, can wear down the immune system. It can increase the risk of heart disease. It can damage the brain, and it can cause memory problems. It can lead to heart attacks, and it can even lead to premature death. Now, haven't I encouraged you this morning? <laughs> it's not very nice, is it? And yet, stress can do that to all of us. Stress is worry on steroids. It's freaking out about stuff that is out of our control. Worry and stress, it's the stuff about things that might happen or things that might not happen. And when we look, as we have just looked at the book of Philippians, we find some words here which are really helpful for us. There are 104 verses in Paul's letter to the Philippians, depending which translation you read. But these are inspired, inspired words to help Christians. They are words which Paul is talking about outrageous, contagious, caffeinated enthusiasm. The Apostle Paul, we need to remember, when he wrote these words, was not in a good place himself. He was actually in a Roman prison, chained to a Roman guard when he wrote these words. So he wasn't sitting on a beach sunning himself when he said, all's well with the world, have the joy of the Lord, and may that be your strength, Paul was actually not in a good place, and yet he wrote a, a letter which enthuses, which enthuses with enthusiasm and joy. And the reason, of course, Paul was able to do that is because he was, he was caffeinated by God. He had this vertical thing going on, so he was, when he wrote, he was able to express that faith. And Paul says this about stress. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Rather, in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So don't be anxious and stressy about everything, but rather be a caffeinated Christian. And in everything, by prayer and petition, may your lives be full of thanksgiving. 
as we present our requests to God. Here's a word from God for maybe some of you this morning. These ancient words written so many years ago may come down through the years and just filter through that coffee machine to you. Maybe God is saying to someone here this morning, do not be anxious, do not stress, do not fret about anything. Rather, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The third enthusiasm diluter is fear. Sadly, many of us are fearful instead of fearless. What is fear? Well, fear is the anticipation of something, particularly anticipation of, of harm or anticipation of something going wrong. It's the fear of, fear of death, the fear of loneliness, the fear of failure, the fear of, of receiving some news which may be bad news. And all these three, as you can probably see, are very closely connected. We love sometimes, don't we, to get our fear into gear. Sometimes we can be rid, rid, riddled with it. And if you think about worry, stress and fear, if you really consider these, they do become enthusiasm diluters. They are the things that can wear us down. And when we are worn down with worry and stress and fear, that's when we become less than the Christians we ought to be. Suddenly this starts to break up. That relationship with God is not as it ought to be, and so therefore we don't express ourselves as we ought to be as Christians. Rather, sometimes, as I said right at the beginning of, of this series, sometimes we go around forgetting the, the speck of sawdust in our own eyes and looking for the, the plank that is in other people's eyes, and, or the other way around. So we, we have this plank so near to us, we can't actually see what's going on. And suddenly we become disconnected with God. And so we need to ensure that we are enthusiastic. We are in God, in our relationship with Him. And we then think about the body. We've got the heart, and next we've got the body. And the Bible says that our bodies are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And the espresso starts from the heart, but it moves into the body. And the body becomes enthusiastic. I often say to people, the Salvation Army are really noisy people. And I think we perhaps are, aren't we? Quite often we are quite enthusiastic, quite noisy people. We enjoy uh, our music, you know, with our bands marching down the street. We enjoy our tambourines. We just enjoy standing up and we, uh, although other churches don't do it, we even clap in our services, you know. We are quite enthusiastic people, I, I think. And I think that's a great thing. I don't even mind about the, the, the chatter that goes on just before a meeting. Isn't it great when we come together as the body of Christ and we become enthused as we come together and meet up with each other? Because, of course, when we meet together, when we are the body, we are the family of God, aren't we? Which reminds me of a song. Do, do you feel enthusiastic this morning? Please say yes. I know in a, in a sermon it's a time to chill out. Okay. What I'd like to do, I'd, I'd like to not sing. Would you just clap for me just for a moment? I'm going to, I, I, well, just hang on. Don't be too enthusiastic. 
Um, because there is a song that came to my mind, and we probably don't know all the words, but I'll tell you the words in a moment. But at least we can clap to it. So I'm going to, the song says, you're looking good, Fettel, this morning, so maybe you can help this. We'll start here when I bring you in, just a clap. And then um, the band, I hope you're enthusiastic today, you've got a long day ahead of you. Um, together with the centre, we'll, we'll bring you in. And then this side, there's not many of you on this side, is there? All the kids have left you, and just left the faithful few, so you're going to have to really give it some welly. Good morning, Balcony. Are you with us this morning? Yeah, good. And I'll bring you in last. Okay, here's a little bit of a song. You may know it, but it will remind us that we are the body of Christ and we are the family. Enthusiastic. Okay, center. Over here, okay, all we're going. Ooh. Balcony, can you help us out? Here we go. Now we are the body of Christ. We are all the family. And you know what's coming, don't you? Yes. bad. I can see some of you going like this. I'm not sure what we're doing this for here this morning. No, actually that was quite, uh, quite good. The words, we are family, get up everybody. We should have stood up, shouldn't we? Get up everybody and sing. We don't get depressed. Here's what we call our golden rule. Now this is the only word I want to change. It says, this is our golden rule. Have faith in you. And that's the word I want to change. Have faith in God. Enthuse, be in God. Have faith in God, not you, but in God. And when that happens, I'll carry on with the words, and you won't go wrong. Oh no, this is our family jewel. We are family. And that is what happens when we are in God, when we God's family. We should go out of this meeting this morning more enthusiastic than when we came in. Because we have physically become part of the body of Christ. When we are part of God's family, we all become related. We're all brothers and sisters. Whether you're part of Sister Sledge, that we just heard from, or not, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all cousins and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas. We are related to billions of Christians who bowed the knee to Jesus. When the songs are sung this morning, we bowed the knee and we all in our minds said, yes, Lord, we're there with the songsters. We were all bowing our knee as members of the same family. We really are. And I'm proud of the fact that so many people who come to our church here feel that and experience that and talk about that. And I'm so grateful that so many of our visitors who come here feel that when they attend, that they feel that they've come and shared in the body of Christ as part of the family. 
And that should motivate us to have this outrageous, contagious, caffeinated enthusiasm and joy of the Lord. It starts at the heart and it flows to the body. Here is what we read in Philippians chapter 1 verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. And the word, of course, gospel means good news. To advance good news. That's what I want to do, to express ourselves. And Paul says, what has happened to me, what has happened to me in my relationship to God, has only served for me to advance the gospel, to share and to reach out. And that's why we're part of God's family. The very final point is I want to come back to the espresso and to talk about the crema the final part the top bit the nice bits actually the nutty bits the crema enthusiasm gives us the flavor of life doesn't it it flavors our christianity and in 2 corinthians chapter 9 verse 2 paul again talks about it your enthusiasm has stirred most of them into action most of them do you notice it stirred most of them into action and it's impossible for us to stir everybody into action, but that's what we want to happen. We want most people to be stirred into action. Paul, of course, was talking about the Corinthians' effect on the Macedonians. The Macedonians were, were amazed because of the enthusiasm of these new Corinthian Christians. They were giving, they were serving, they were using their talents to such a degree that the Macedonians say, wow, what's happening? Who are these Christian people? What is this stuff that's going on? They obviously hadn't drunk uh, espresso before. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, we have a very practical verse where the writer says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And so, you know, if we are Christians receiving everything from God, we should be doing this with all our, our might, with all our enthusiasm. Whether we work on the shop floor, whether we're teaching children, whether we're studying at school, whether we're taking our exams, whether we are at home looking after children, whether we're serving in our core here, whatever it is, we should be doing it with all our might, with all our enthusiasm. We should be caffeinated Christians, enthusiastically serving the Lord with all our heart and with all our mind, with all our time. So we have that crema, the icing on the cake, if you like, the crema on the cappuccino, and it comes from the person of Christ who enthuses us to do everything. Espresso. It's small, it's concentrated, it has a caffeine kick, it's enthusiasm, it's in God. It doesn't seem much, but that is everything. It's all about the cross because when we bow the knee of the cross we are right vertically and we're ready to express ourselves horizontally. And that, dear friends, is the true caffeine for life. Amen.